excited about this new series that we are starting this week. Like Jim said, happy Father's Day to all you dads out there. And a couple of weeks ago, Quentin Bemis, our worship minister, sent me a little meme that is kind of like a quiz of how dad are you? Like how strong is the dad within you? And uh, so it just kind of gives some phrases that dads use within the context that they use them. And I'll tell you, um, I think I am a perfect 10 uh, on all of these. And so I want to throw some of my favorites up here and you gauge how dad you are um, or how dad the dads in your life are. All right, let's let's play the game. How dad are you? Number one, well, I guess it's free then when a cashier has trouble scanning an item. Anybody else? Anybody else? All right. Number two, found it while pointing a stud finder at your chest. Now listen, that joke lands every single time. Can I get an amen, fellas? Yes. Uh, Looks like we're just gonna have to cut it off when a kid has a minor injury. Uh, Hey, can you do my next? After seeing a neighbor washing their car. (laughs) I was just resting my eyes after falling asleep on the couch. Well, I guess they'll just let anyone in here when seeing a friend in public. Glad we're not going that way when seeing traffic on the other side of the road. (laughs) This is my favorite. Look, horses when driving past horses. (laughs) Or deer or cows or whatever it might be. That's how they get you after declining additional warranty protection. And lastly, back so soon when someone comes back inside because they forgot something. (laughs) So however dad you are or are not, welcome, glad you're here. Those in the room, those joining us online, uh, I love, love the passage that we're gonna be talking about today. Uh, Father's Day, don't forget, grab some root beer. Uh, I love our our ministry to men, their, their kind of mission within the ministry is to be deeply rooted growing stronger together, to form these like deep spiritual faith roots and to grow stronger together. Guys, you can get some more information about our ministry to men out in the lobby. We have men's groups that meet all throughout the week, various times of the week, and they want to hear from you. They're doing a little survey just to kind of see where the men in our church are and maybe some of what you might be looking for in a, a ministry to men. So uh, text men to that number that Jim talked about earlier, um, 812-324-8644. Uh, you can also find some more information about that out in the lobby. Now, One of the most unique ministries that we have here at Sherwood Oaks happens to be one of the most unique ministries that we have for men at Sherwood Oaks, and it is our AM Animals Group, and I've invited a couple of them to come up and share with us this morning. Can you help me welcome Clay Eason and Daniel Moore up to the stage? Thank you. Fellows, it is so nice of you to join us, Daniel, especially for you, man. Daniel spent uh, the last week with over 30 high schoolers from Sherwood Oaks at CIY. And brother, just the fact that you're here is amazing. (laughs) 
Congratulations, you survived the week. Uh, now, before, I'm just curious, how, how many did you score on the How Dad Are You? I mean, are you guys 10 out of 10? Uh, I think 90%. I'm 10 out of 10. You're 10 out of 10? Yeah. All right, all right. This is a safe place, guys. It's a safe place. So tell us a little bit about the AM Animals. Um, what is that group? Who are you? Uh, what do you do? So it's a group of men that meet from Monday through Friday, from 5 a.m. to 7, p.m., uh, 7 a.m. <laughs> Not that long. It is um, intense. <laughs> um, you can come as, and stay as long as you want. Um, you know, get your workout in and leave. Um, we always pray together before we leave. And um, Monday and Wednesday are workout days in the weight room. Uh, Tuesday, Thursday are full court basketball. Does not depend on your skill level. It can be very poor. It can be better. We've got some <laughs> boys over there that is really good. Um, so that doesn't matter. And then Fridays usually are a combination day where we work out for about 30 minutes and then we play basketball. Um, but you know, the core motto of, of AM animals and Daniel stand up for me is <laughs> Proverbs twenty-seven seventeen: as iron sharpens iron. So one man sharpens another. And really when you think about that, it, it can come in, um, you know, I think about three different ways. The first way is, I mean, you're learning, you're strengthening your mind. It could be uh, I got a question about how to do something at my home and I'm not handy. So I do that a lot. Um, but it could also be about financial things. Uh, the second thing is, uh, being competitive and, and strengthening your body, whether that's, you know, you're wanting to lose weight or gain strength, whatever that might be. But the third and the most important component is strengthening your walk with Christ. And, um, you know, we talk about it as a group of men, we all fall short of the glory of God, and I'm the proster uh, child for that. But, um, you know, being able to have accountable partners like mm -hmm. you, Sean, mm -hmm. but I know that I could pick up the phone and call Daniel at any hour of the night. These men here today, I could call at any hour of the night. I'm struggling, and I need to talk. And that's what it's about, because men need men to uh, bounce ideas off of. Yeah, man. We need those 2 a.m. friends, right? When we don't know where to friends. turn. Yep. So... Daniel, you guys are more than just a, a workout group. Tell me, uh, just the, how do you come alongside of each other spiritually to, to support and encourage one another? Right. Um, well, the best way I can do it is illustrate it. So this is the, the mindset that I presented for, for the men about two months ago. Uh, it's a passage in Exodus 17. Uh, just a story about when the children of Israel coming out of the wilderness there was a group um, called the Am Amalekites, and Moses and Joshua, you know, knew they were coming. So this is Exodus 17, uh, verse 9. It says, verse 8, sorry. It says, then Amalek fought with Israel in Rephidim, and Moses said to Joshua, choose out us men to go out to fight with Amalek. Tomorrow I will stand on top of the hill with the rod of God in my hand. So Joshua did as Moses said to him and fought with Amalek. Moses, Aaron, and Hur went to the top of the hill. And it came to pass when Moses held up his hands that Israel prevailed. And he let down his hands, the Amalekites prevailed. But Moses' hands were heavy. So the men that were with him, Aaron and Hur, they took a stone, they put it underneath him, and he sat on it. Aaron and Hur held up his hands, Moses' hands, 
one on the one side, one on the other side. And his hands were steady until the going down of the sun. And then Joshua was able to defeat the Amalekites with the edge of the sword in battle. So it's man about holding each other up. When we are weak, when we feel like we're going to fall, to be there with and, and for one another. So how, how has the AM Animals been that for you in your own life and, and in your own faith? You know, um, I can speak for myself. And just like I said earlier, you know, I know I've struggled with things. I'm still thro- struggling with things. But being able to have people like Daniel come, you know, alongside of me. We've had guys battle addiction, depression. I mean, there's so many things that, you know, um, trials and tribulations we go through, but being able to not do that alone and have somebody to be there, pray with, intercess with, you know, fast with whatever that might be. Um, it's inspirational to me. And, um, you know, I love these men like brothers. Yeah. Daniel, how about for you? Same as Clay. Um, just, just a different type of, uh, boost you get as a man to be around in that environment, uh, that you can cap it off with prayer in the morning. Um, you know, you need to, you, you need to have the perspective from a 30,000 foot view of your life from God's view and not all, all the way, you know, in, in the thick of things sometimes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. So. All right. So I am wearing an AM animal shirt, but do not be fooled. I only learned that we had a weight room at our church like three weeks ago. <laughs> I had no idea. You guys are up here about ready to like rip out of your shirts. I know there's probably some guys that are like, I want to join, but one, I don't know where to start. I, I don't, I'm not quite there. <laughs> what would you say to, to a guy that uh, is interested in, in joining an AMA? Absolutely. Come as you are. Um, I'm wearing a girdle, so that's why it looks better. Um, <laughs> But that being said, so whether, I mean, we've got a 13-year-old, we've got guys that are 60, sorry, Dennis, 66 maybe. Uh, I mean, we, so it's all ages, all sizes. Again, whatever your athletic ability is, that doesn't matter. Um, you know, God sees you and, and we call it temple strength and you're strengthening your temple, but just as much uh, physically, but it's, it's more spiritually for me. Um, but just come um, Monday through Friday, whether it's basketball, whether it's working out, um, we show up at the back. I don't know the number of the door, um, but it's the back children. side of the church where the yeah. children come in. And, um, you know, we'd love to have you. We, uh, we've got shirts. If, if you've got, uh, you know, kids that want to wear rock the Temple Strength shirt, we're selling them out front for 20 bucks. And we're going, all the money is going to uh, get new equipment and other equipment so we can... Um, you know, train the young people, train the old people, and uh, just spend a lot of good quality time together. Yeah, man, that's great. So you guys will be out in the lobby. We will. I know that you'd love to talk to people a little bit more. Hey, can you uh, thank Daniel and Clay for joining us today, man? Appreciate you guys so much. I, I love those two guys. I love that ministry. And, and I think it really highlights uh, the, the, the importance of what we're talking about today. Like all of us need people in our life that can speak truth to us, that can speak love to us, that can help us grow in our faith. And listen, that we can help them grow in their faith too. And I've learned over the years that this can happen literally anywhere anywhere. It can happen in the weight room. It can happen on the basketball court. Uh, It can happen behind a sewing machine like our peacemakers ministry. It can happen with crochet needles in hands like our yarns of prayer ministry. In fact, some of the very best spiritual conversations that I've had have not happened in my office. 
They've happened while out on the beeline running with guys. They've happened while cycling. They've happened while being on a kayak in a lake talking about life. Some of the best spiritual conversations, the most meaningful faith conversations can happen anywhere and everywhere. But I'll tell you the one place that I found that they do not happen very well. It's right up here in my mind, right up here in my head, which is why our core verse for this week is so incredibly important. If you have a Bible or Bible app that you like to use, turn with me to Romans chapter eight, verse one, Romans chapter eight, verse one. We are in week 41 of Core 52. If you're tracking with us on that, if you are new today, Core 52, we're kind of going through the 52 most kind of core passages, important verses in scripture that everyone needs to know. And so we've been preaching on them and studying about them in life groups, reading a Core 52 book that you can get out in the lobby if you're interested. Uh, and, and, and we've been memorizing some of these verses. And I know that for some, Core 52, you have been like plowing through it. You've been doing it. Some of you are even done and uh, you're just waiting for the rest of us to catch up. Some of you, it hasn't really been core 52. It's maybe been core, eh, just a few, uh, <laughs> just a handful of them. And you know, wherever you are right now, if you've fallen behind, that is okay. This is a place of grace, but I'm, I'm encouraging you pick up this week, pick up this week, memorize this verse this week. You see, the power of scripture memorization is that you have the ability to pull it out whenever you need it. The word of God is like a double-edged sword and it comes to our defense in the battlefield of our mind. And I do not know that I've had to pull out a verse to fight that spiritual battle in my own life more than I have this verse that we are looking at today. And, and countless number of counseling appointments that I've had with people, coffees that I've had with people, I have not encouraged people to memorize a verse more than this one that we are looking at today. And this is what Paul writes, Romans chapter eight, verse one. Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. In Christ, God no longer condemns us for our sin and yet we are so good at continuing to condemn ourselves and condemn others. I've, I've found that all of us, it seems, has this, we, we have this critical inner voice that resides right, right in here. And, and that voice for sure is louder for some than it is for others. But all of us have it in one degree or another. I'm, I'm learning in my own life that no one speaks as harshly to me as me. And chances are it's probably the same for you. No one speaks as harshly to you as you. And the truth is, and, and, and this is true whether you believe it or, or not, the truth is, is that we have a very real adversary in Satan who wants that inner voice to be as critical and as harsh as it can possibly be. Jesus tells us that Satan's only goal in your life, his only goal for you is to steal, 
kill and destroy what God is wanting to do in you. He wants to steal and kill and destroy. He wants us to continue living in bondage to our sin and hide in our shame. When we feel tempted, Satan wants us to justify it by saying, well, everyone else is doing it, go ahead. And then when we fall into sin, he whispers to us, "Mm, no one else has ever done what you just did. He is our accuser and And if he can make us live in guilt and in shame rather than in the freedom of grace, then he knows that we will never enjoy the life that God desires for us. If he can isolate us and make us feel alone, if he can make us start believing that that inner critic in our head, then he knows that he can keep telling us lies and half-truths. And after a while, those lies and those half-truths, they start to sound a whole lot like our own voice. And the more that we say them, the more we believe that they actually start sounding a lot like God's voice too. Which is why Romans 8 is such a beautiful and important verse because we can use it to combat those lies that that Satan is yelling at us. In fact, say it again with me this morning. Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Now let's break this down a little bit, guys. Let's leave the verse up on the screen. Paul says that there is now no condemnation, which means that there once was condemnation. And that's what makes grace in this verse absolutely so amazing. The truth is, is that our sin does condemn us and we are guilty as we stand before God, our holy and righteous judge. And on our own, if we stand there on our own, we are hopeless and we are helpless. There is nothing that we can do on our own. We stand guilty as charged. But when we put our faith in Christ, when we are baptized into Christ, Those who who have been saved and redeemed and restored by him, we are declared innocent because of this. Jesus took our guilt for us to remove it from us. And the end result is that there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. We have been set free and forgiven of our sin and our shame But our adversary and our accuser wants nothing more to remind us of who we once were, what we once did, what was done to us. He wants nothing more to remind us of what we continue to do. Because here's the thing, just because there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ doesn't mean that there is no longer sin in those who are in Christ. We continue to fall and God continues to forgive, but Satan continues to condemn. And there's this inner voice that starts to shout out at us, God can't love someone like you. You did that again? Didn't you say last time was gonna be your last time? It shouts out to us, you know, no one would love you if they knew you, like who you really are. It makes us feel like we can't share that thing with anyone. And he screams at us, what would people think of you? And it's that voice of condemnation and shame on repeat. 
It's the voice of condemnation that many of us are too familiar with. And that voice keeps us from living in the freedom of grace that God desires for us. It is the voice of of, of condemnation that is constantly reminding us of our guilt. But there is another voice and it's one of conviction. And where condemnation shouts accusations against you, conviction is this gentle whisper of the Holy Spirit drawing you back to the Father. Both condemnation and conviction are in response to our sin, but they both lead to vastly different places. And so how do we know which voice that we're hearing? Here's how I discern it in my own life. Conviction leads to correction, which draws us closer to God. That voice of conviction, when we hear it, is going to draw us closer to God. It's going to bring us back to the Father and back to the foot of the cross where we know that we are forgiven and we are set free. Condemnation, though, leads to shame, which makes us run and hide from God. It's that same voice that Adam and Eve heard in the garden in Genesis 3. After the fall, God was walking through the garden and what did Adam and Eve do? They went and they hid. They hid from God and then they hid from each other. Condemnation always makes us run and hide while conviction is the loving, gentle voice calling us out from our hiding and in to grace. Condemnation leaves you feeling ashamed and rejected. Condemnation leaves you feeling guilty and insecure and alone. Condemnation leaves you feeling trapped like there's no way out. Conviction, on the other hand, leaves you feeling loved and forgiven. It leaves you feeling cared for hopeful, clear-minded. I can't tell you how many people I have, I have talked to and they came in and they just like, whoa, confessed so much to me. And, and at the end of it, they say, ah, oh, it feels so good to be able to get that off of my chest and off of my mind. I feel like I, this fog has been lifted. That's why James tells us to confess our sins to one another so that we can be healed. There is a healing that happens through holy conviction. It leaves us feeling rejuvenated and free. Condemnation tears you down and makes you feel stuck in your sin and your shame. Conviction builds you up and leads you to become the person that God created you to be. Condemnation feels like the final word of judgment, like the gavel has been pounded down and you are guilty. But conviction leads to a fruitful new beginning. And condemnation shows you a picture of your worst moment, the moment that you wish nothing more than to forget. And it says, this is all that you will ever be. Conviction shows you a picture of all that you can be through God's grace. Check out this video. What picture is the accuser holding up to you that continues to bring you guilt and continues to bring you shame? And through Jesus, that is not who you are. The Apostle Paul says in 2 Corinthians 5, 17, that if anyone is in Christ, they are a new creation. The old has gone and behold, the new is 
here. And it's not because we are innocent and free of sin in our life. It is because the cross of Christ has freed us from our sin and our shame. And we have been declared innocent by the father. Paul puts it like this at the end of chapter eight and verse 34, it says, who then is the one who condemns? No one. Let me ask you that question this morning and I want you to respond with no one. Who then is the one who condemns? No No one. Christ Jesus who died, no more than that, was raised to life, is at the right hand of God and is also interceding for us day and night. Our accuser stands before us and before God, condemning us for our sin and making us wallow in our shame. But Jesus who died for us and lives again is at the right hand of the Father and is declaring you innocent, fully paid by his blood. He is setting us free because the price has already been paid. And that's why Paul can write and we can say with confidence, therefore there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Church, may the beauty of the gospel and that message reside more deeply in your heart this week. And as you process this, if you are here this morning and you have never made that step of faith, to be baptized into Christ, to put your faith in Christ. Man, we want to help you today leave with the freedom of grace that can be just as true for you as it is for any of us. No matter where you've been, no matter what you've done. Father God, thank you for your grace and for the truth that there is now, because of Jesus, no condemnation. Lord, help us to live in the beauty and the freedom of that verse. And may that just spark a joy and a passion inside of us that wants to respond by giving you our very lives. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for watching this message from Sherwood Oaks Christian Church. Did you know you can view any message from the past six years at socc.org/messages? You can also view complete worship services from the past month at socc.tv.